Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? We're leaning off right with the news, right with the news, because this is precious. And yes, I am sick, and yes, my voice is going, but this, this is so perfect. In so many ways, and so telling, and so truthful, and so exposing, and so belying. There's so much to learn from this article. And so much vindication that even though I feel like absolute crap, I'm going to read through a name. From The Guardian. The Guardian, which I'm also going to talk about. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't you idiots at the giga. Because The Guardian is, is a left-wing paper out in uh, the United States. More so, explicitly left-wing. It's like, don't you know that do you not see the problem or the hypocrisy of you guys reporting on this? The title, Facing Poverty, Academics Turn to Sex Work and Sleeping in Cars. The subtitle, Adjunct Professors in America Face Low Pay and Long Hours Without the Security of Full-Time Faculty. Some on the Brink of Homelessness Take Desperate Measures. By Alistar G. in Sanford. G, G, do you think there's a reason? Let's see if Alistar G ever makes a, an editorial or an opinion or, or puts forth a thought to explain maybe why these adjuncts are, are in poverty. There's nothing she would rather do than teach. Teachers! Teachers! Yeah, I'd like to teach too. Let's just start with that right there, shall we? Everyone in the left, if, if GDP, if the economy was up to the, to the leftists, everyone would be teachers and guidance counselors and fuck all would actually get produced. Fuck all would actually get produced. There'd be no farm, anything that took rigor or toil, not produced. It, it, it would be your standard leftist shithole like Venezuela. But after supplementing your career with tutoring and proofreading, which aren't, those aren't professions, the university lecturer decided to go the remarkable lengths to make her career financially viable. She Okay, stop right there. If she has to find other jobs to supplement her current career, then her career is not financially viable. She's changing careers. But yeah. She first opted for a side gig during a particularly rough patch several years ago when her course load was suddenly cut in half and her income plunged, putting her on the brink of eviction. In my mind, I was like... Now, can you... Can, can you tell how old this person is? I was like, oh my god, OMG. Like, I can't be a teacher for like ever. And I just feel that what I want is what the world should bend its will around to me and provide me jobs like what Barack Obama did with Julia because she had everything paid for. Like, oh my god. In my mind, I was like, I've had one-night stand, so how bad can it be, she said. And it wasn't that bad. 
the wry but weary-sounding middle-aged woman who lives in a large U.S. city and asks to remain anonymous to protect her reputation as adjunct instructor means she is not a full-time faculty member at any one institution and strings together a living by teaching individual courses, in her case, at multiple colleges. All right, now let me talk. I was an adjunct professor at one time myself. I was paid part-time. I worked part-time. But you see, unlike the entitled leftists in the world of The Guardian and the world of academia, I knew that I would have to get other jobs. So I taught dance class on the side and also worked security. But never once did I say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a full-time job now. I'm going to get benefits for this. Because it wasn't. It was like teaching introductory classes. There just wasn't that many students. Uh, but the weary-sounding middle-aged woman who lives in a large U.S. city asked for an anonymous to protect her reputation as an... Un- oh, I'm sorry, I read that. Quote, I feel committed to being the person who's there to help millennials, the next generation, go on and become critical thinkers, she said. Let's stop right there. Sweetheart, lady, sugar tits, legs. How, how Do you understand how you're incapable of critical thinking? You have had to resort to prostitution selling your body and being a literal whore, and I'm all for that. That's the most honest work you've ever done in your life because there was actually good that came out of it. But don't tell me you're capable of critical thinking, let alone passing it on, let alone that's such a thing, let alone that there is such a thing. I studied critical thinking. I want to say, what the hell is critical thinking? I looked at it. It's just common sense. It's logic. But as per typical leftist academians, you guys have managed to stretch it out to the point you can minor in the stuff. You could study it for two years, and there's not two years worth of material. But you're going to, I just, where is your mind? How dumb are you to think that you are capable of teaching critical thinking when your life, the empirical evidence, is you lack all the critical thinking skills? The real world has tried to tell you multiple times to get a different career and a different job. But you ignore that. You lack to live in reality. You, my good sweet little sugar plum tits, truly lack the ability to critically think, to think at all. And with your inability, you're handicapped, you're impaired, you're warped and erroneous, quote, critical thinking, you're going to pass that on to other kids? I hope all you... You youngins, you millennials, and soon-to-be Gen Zers who think critical thinking is some kind of skill, will you please look at these people and ask yourself, you know, where's the source? You know, I'm not going to take advice from a fat woman on how to lose weight. I'm not going to take advice um, from a, a, a jockey on how to slam dunk a ball. I'm not taking advice from someone on welfare on how to make money. But you know what? You kids, are God, you're just so stupid. You're so brainwashed. You're such sheep. You, you guys will believe losers, genuine losers like this. <sighs> she said, and quote, and I'm really good at it, and I really like it, and it's heartbreaking to me. It doesn't pay what I feel. It should. Oh, you mean it, it doesn't, oh, the real world isn't working out the way you want. How delusional are you? See, now this gal's my, my, my age. This is what happens when you grow up with poppycock and fluffy bunnies and you're never told no. You, you're, it's always about you. It's like this myopic, completely black hole gravitational pull of vision that all you can think about is you. You never ask, what does the real world want outside of it? And, and I cannot think of a clearer example, lesson for you to learn from, sweetheart, than the fact that you're sucking dick and they're willingly paying for you for that while you have to pull teeth to teach. And how sad is your life? 
I feel good. And I'm really good at it. Teaching critical thinkers? Teaching critical thinkers? What is that? That doesn't make any sense. That's not a skill. That's not a thing to be proud of. And I really like it. How sad is your life that you're like, oh, what do you like to do? I like to teach critical thinking. I don't know. Some people like to go mountain climbing. Some people like to go swimming. Some people like to go fishing. You are such a sad, pathetic person that that your fun times is teaching critical thinking. And standard delusional, it doesn't pay what I feel it should. Look, G, the guy who wrote this, and people at The Guardian, are you aware of how stupid this sounds? Of how entitled? And, I mean, this this doesn't make you look good. I'm, you sound more like the Daily Mail where you're spoofing these people. But I know the Guardian, you guys actually support this. You actually think this. You think the world should just... I mean, I wonder what Alex Gant... Is it? No, Alistar. Alistar Gee. Let's look him up. I would love to think when he was writing this... He looks kind of femmy. I would love... Oh, here he is. Yeah, okay. Alistair Gee is the Guardian U.S. homelessness editor. <laughs> okay, so we we have our question answered. He he doesn't he he's unaware. He truly believes this. He doesn't realize what an idiot he's making. All these leftist academic professors or adjuncts, and and the Guardian look like he doesn't. I I think he right now he's so excited. What is this? It's got eighty four thousand shares, and he doesn't realize that it's people mocking him and ridiculing him. Because unconsciously he's showing how entitled, spoiled, rotten, and pathetic the people are on the left. And delusional. To think that, oh, I should just, the world should just do what I want all the time. And I don't know the world shit. I don't, I, I just want to, you know, Alistar and Miss Anonymous adjunct whore. I would like, let's, let's re-read, re-read this. I feel committed to being a person who's there to help the millennials, the next generation, go on and become critical blowjobbers of me, he said. And I'm really good at it, and I really like it, and it's heartbreaking it doesn't pay me what I feel it should. Does that make any sense that I think all big-titted, red-headed millennial girls, the next generation, should be giving me blowjobs because that's what I want? Only the cute ones, please. Only the cute ones. Does it sound... Let me read this again. I feel committed to being the person who's there to help the millennials, the next generations, to go on and buy me ice cream and scotch every day. And I'm really good at it. I really like it. And it's heartbreaking to me. It doesn't pay what I feel it should. I, I don't know how you grow up. And we're not, we haven't even scratched this article. And there's so much going on here, both in part because of the economic reality that Alistar is reporting on and the fact that he himself actually thinks that this is a problem. Actually believes that not being able to do what you want in the real world is a problem. And and just the, the just the problem look living in this echo chamber where you're never allowed to have people come in and provide ideas and thoughts that you disagree with or you might find uncomfortable. Where has it gotten you? These people have doctorates. And they're resorting to prostitution. You have spent not 13 years K through 12. You spent 13. You have spent 21 years if you have a doctorate in school. And you're 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 blowing guys in the in the back alley. When do you stop? Both people who are in the Guardian and the media, because these are your people, not ours. Our people have jobs, skills that people willingly pay for. When when do you say we really ought to help out? 
and do a little a actual genuine critical thinking and we ought to report and maybe say yeah you know there's too many english teachers there's too many liberal arts professors there is an education bubble. you guys don't believe it you believe your 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 simpleton small dinosaur pea brain mind is let's go get government money Oh, we got to blame Whitey. How is this? I bet you this is Trump's fault. I bet you they believe this is Trump's fault. <laughs> they, how, how dumb are you? We need more money. We just need more money. What? So so the world could go on and everyone could do what they want to do. Do you understand that if everybody did what they wanted to do, there'd be no food, there'd be no roads, there'd be no computers? Because the, making that stuff takes work and a lot of it is boring. It takes a lot of hard skills. There'd be no doctors. Who's going to patch up you people in leftist liberal land when there's no doctors? What are you, you going to have a shaman or with you this, this holistic medicine? Some middle-aged 58-year-old hippy-dippy chick that actually pissed away her money on a master's degree in Eastern holistic medicine? So much you got to do is spread some incense? I got a question. Who's going to make the incense? That requires farming, agriculture, herbalism. And in the quantities needed to keep you hippy-dippies uh, putting... Uh, 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 incense and myrrh over cancer patients. Don't worry, Steve Jobs is still dead and your Eastern medicine won't save him. But just look at this echo chamber. Just look at this perfect leftist echo chamber. The media that's supposed to go out and warn these people, supposed to, uh, but both right and left saying, hey, there's something wrong here. We're erroneous. You guys are our nervous system. The media is the nervous system. I think the Guardian would be the nervous system. Of leftists. There's a problem here. Let's fix this. But you guys are so indoctrinated, so subscribed, so completely and totally uh, uh, dedicated to socialism and leftism, the real world will never influence you. It doesn't stand a shot to make breakthrough and get through that little pea-bearing skull of yours. Alstar's more than welcome to come on the show and or write a piece or whatever. I'm going to lose my voice after this. Sex work is one of the more unusual ways that adjuncts have avoided living in poverty and perhaps even homelessness. A quarter of part-time college academics, many of whom are adjuncts, though it's not uncommon for adjuncts to work 40 hours a week or more, are said to be enrolled on public assistance programs such as Medicaid. <laughs> is that a hint? Is that a clue? See, for those of us that live in the real world and produce things that other people want, now you worthless hobbyists, you parasites, have to parasite off of us and get free medical coverage? Is there any, are, okay, here's another thing. Are you guys capable of shame? Do you even feel bad that you're living off of people that work real jobs in the real world? I get, I'm, I'll, give, I'll give the gal credit who went out and was a whore. That's honest work. That's more honest work than AU professors and academians are doing right now. But I just want I mean, do you, do, you, do you consciously acknowledge that if you are collecting a government check, you are a parasite? And again, a quarter of them. Some of which are adjunct. Some of which are full-time. A quarter of them collect a government check. Really, kids? Really, college students? Do you want to listen to the parasites? Do you want to take advice from this, this group, this cast of people? They resort to food banks and goodwill. Well, like I had to back when I was in college, sure. And there is even an adjunct's cookbook that shows how to turn beef items like beef scraps, chicken bones, and orange peels into meals. And then there are those who are either on the streets or teetering on the edge of losing stable housing. The Guardian has spoken to several such academics, including an adjunct living in a shack north of Miami and another sleeping in her car in Silicon Valley. Well, what are you living in Silicon Valley for, sweetheart? 
That's the most expensive town in the United States. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. Am I introducing reality again? Am I introducing math? The adjunct who turned to sex work makes several thousand dollars per course and teaches us about six per semester. She estimates uh, that she puts in 60 hours a week. Okay, if you are teaching six per semester, 10 hours a class, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. But she struggles to make ends meet after paying $1,500 in monthly rent and with student loans. Oh, oh, you mean there was a cost to spending eight years in some worthless liberal arts program. That while you delayed ever entering the real world and becoming an adult and you just let the good times keep on rolling and lived off of those government loans, paying for food, that you thought maybe the day wouldn't come that you wouldn't have to pay it back, huh? Whose fault is that? Is is that Whitey's fault? Is that people with penises' fault? Is that Donald Trump's fault? George Bush's fault? Because we know it's not Barack Obama's fault. How much you want to bet she was going to college the entire time Barack Obama was president? Including interest amount to a few hundred thousand dollars. Wait, your student loans are over 200000 Did she go to a prestigious liberal arts private college? Her income from teaching courses comes to 40000 a year. I can live off of that. That's significantly more, more than most adjuncts. A 2014 survey found that the median income for adjuncts is only 22000 a year, whars the full-time faculty is $47,500. let us pay attention to this. Let's look at some good news here. The median income. See, let, let's explain how lazy people, academians, and professional professors, and whores what their game plan is when they go to... I want to become a professor. I want to major in history. I want to major in sociology. The median income for a professor is 47500 Hell, half the college degrees, if you're in business or the trades, and certainly STEM, you make more than that coming right out. These are people... That's median. Like the 50-year-old who's been teaching... That's median. And I know you guys get pissed off that these leftists get to go and sit in these cushy jobs and be teachers. But I always say, look on the bright side. You've got to imagine what their home life is like. I don't care how much they're winning. I don't care how much taxes go. I don't care how much spending goes up. And I don't care how easy cushy jobs. Oh, I'm a social worker. Oh, I'm a part-time assistant teacher. All these easy make-work government jobs, predominantly for women. As affirmative action hires. In the end, there's such a flood of them, and there's only a certain amount of money, that the pros, the full-time dudes, only make 47,005. And they're obviously, if you need a, you know, because you know, you need a doctorate. You can't have people like, um, what's his name? Alan Greenspan. He can't teach economics. He doesn't have a doctorate. So these people, you, you gotta, you gotta knock down that income because of Miss Whore Adjunct, she's got 200000 plus, plus, in student loans. And then the adjuncts, the adjuncts only make twenty two. So these smart, clever, I'm going to major in sociology because I'm lazy. That's what it is. Deep down inside, that's what it is. All they say is for the children. All they want to make change. All they want to help out the minorities. All they want to help out vaginas. All they want to help out the old people. In the end, when you have someone go to the liberal arts and then especially get a doctorate because they want to become a professor, 
They are trying to avoid real work. They are lazy. And the ironies and ironies, the poetic justice, is that they work a hell of a lot more and suffer a hell of a lot more because they don't live in the real world. If they just took their lumps, studied math and calculus in high school, got a STEM or accounting or engineering or whatever type of degree, the calories of effort they would put forth, not just in terms of work, but worry, fret, and strife, would be a fraction of what it is today, or what it is if they, if they had major in engineering. But to make you guys happy, to show you that being a liberal is not just all collect government checks and easy, cushy government jobs, this is, look at this, look at this. Like the average professor makes 47.5. <laughs> and that includes, that includes STEM professors, people that actually have real jobs, real professions. So you got to think the established full-time faculty, even, um, what do they call them, uh, tenured leftist professors got to make less than that. Subtitle, we kind of take a vow of poverty. No, you don't. No, you don't. Let's stop right there. Let's be honest, leftists and liberal professors, you wanted an easy way out. You wanted an easy way. And if you took a vow of poverty, why do you keep bitching and whining and moaning for other people's money? That, that just, I, this holier-than-thou, how sacrificial lammy of you people. Recent reports have revealed the extent of poverty among professors, but the issue is long-standing. Several years ago, it was thrust into the headlines in dramatic fashion when Mary Faith Sericial, there'll be a lot of hyphenated names here, by the way, an adjunct professor of romance languages in her 50s. Let's stop right here. Do you think they're going to mention one electrical engineering professor? One mechanical engineering professor, one physics or computer science professor. You think they're going to mention? You, you, you take a wild guess. We are a sixth through this article. Do you think they're going to mention one STEM or trade professor? Or is it going to be medieval romantic languages? Oh, and the stereotype in her 50s revealed she was homeless and protested outside the New York State Education Department. Well, Mary Faith Sericial. What happened to that husband with the hyphenated name? And what, by your 50s, you didn't realize, you didn't figure out that you'd have to go get another job? Imagine, again, let's look on the bright side of things. That woman's life is over. She has no beauty left. She's post-wall. She's not going to attract a good-looking man. She cannot find, she's going to have to date like a 70-year-old or something like that. She is so brainwashed and set in her ways, I guarantee you she's got cats and no guy's going to want to go out with her anyway. Her life is over. She's certainly wasted her youth. She could certainly turn her life around and, and save the remaining 20 years of her life, the remaining what, 30% of her life? Maybe, maybe. But that's not going to happen because she's so indoctrinated with leftist you know, liberal thought. Again, at any time, Guardian people, at any time, leftist publications, do you want to go and help save your, your fellow leftist colleagues in various professions and prevent them from ruining their lives? No, because one, you're not capable of it. Two, you don't even think there's anything wrong. And three, your ideology uber alles, even yourselves. Just like when these feminists go work at refugee camps and get raped and they don't report it. It, it is socialism and leftism and ideology above all else, including yourselves. And that's fine. Because people like me who subsidize you people, who, who work and pay extra taxes so you guys can play make-believe professor, 
with taxpayer-funded money, or at least borrowed or guaranteed money. We like seeing you wimps, frauds, cowards, weaklings, and sloths and parasites enjoy this life, because you did it to yourselves. <clears throat> we kind of take a, power of, a, a vow of poverty to continue practicing our profession. Deborah Lay Scott, hyphenated name, who's working on a document about adjuncts. Why don't you go become a whore? Why don't you drive Uber? Why don't you deliver pizzas? Why don't you mop floors? Why don't you become a security guard? Why don't you do something? Oh, that's right. That would require real work. And how hard is Uber? You drive. You see, your ego can, you need to make a documentary. And you're going to get government grant funding. I mean, imagine... You, you want to ask out this girl. Okay, guys, you want to ask out this girl. Girls, you want to ask out this guy. But let's just go with the guy asking out the girl because the vast majority of my listenership is male because we deal with reality here. There's Susie Q. Oh, man, do I like Susie Q. I got to ask out Susie Q. So I ask her out. She, you know, At the age of 18, she shoots me down. And then I keep asking her out until the age of 58. And she keeps shooting me down. And I don't ever contemplate or consider dating other girls. Haven't I just wasted my life? Now, that's a love life. I'm talking career. And also, if, if it was my love life and I kept asking Susie Q out, I'd probably have a restraining order and, and some stalker charges against me. But not these leftist academia. Oh, no, they got their doctor. Hey, hey, always why you do this, and I'm going to do it, and the government, the taxpayers should pay me. I'm going to go protest. And then they're going to make documentaries. We do it because we are dedicated to scholarship, to learning, and to our students, and to our disciplines. No, no, you are dedicated to your discipline. I'll grant you that. But your disciplines are worthless. And please don't tell me the, the liberal arts and the social sciences are scholarship. And please don't tell me you do anything but about learning. It is a religion. It is indoctrination. It is socialism. That is what you guys practice and preach. That's what you've dedicated. You guys are like the nuns. You guys are like nuns. You've dedicated yourself to the Catholic Church of Socialism. And like I'd say pretty much all nuns, you've wasted your life, horrendously so. At least nuns do something to work with the poor and help them out a little bit. Uh, I still think they waste, but then again, I operate from the premise that most all religions are BS. But you guys don't even do that. You don't even have this salvation in the end. Where there's a God at the end. You guys, are, you mock and ridicule Christians. Well, religion in general. Unless they're Muslims because you guys are cowards. So you don't believe in the afterlife. So it would behoove you to think about the today and now. And that your life and your consciousness while you're on the planet is finite. And you should do something about it. But oh no, we do it because we want to dedicate the scholarship to learning to our students and to our disciplines. <sighs> Adjuncting has been has grown as pup. Adjuncting has grown as funding for public universities has fallen by more than a quarter between 1990 and 2009. Well, wait, wait, wait. Funding has fallen? Then, oh, is that why you've jacked up tuition? Like by, what, since 1990, at least 300%. So it's fallen by a quarter, but we've increased tuition by 300%. So where's all that extra money going? Private institutions also recognize the allure of part-time professors. Generally, they are cheaper than full-time staff, don't receive benefits or support for their personal research. What, what research? <laughs> yeah, you got to go do your research. Yeah, why do, why, let's find out why, why white men suck more. Let's find out why, why we need free shit. Let's find out new things like privilege and pansexualism. 
and their hours can be carefully limited so they do not teach enough to qualify for health insurance. Well, you, you people voted for Obama. How many of you voted for Obamacare? And then part of the provision was like, as long as you're not working, what is it, 29 hours or more, you don't have to pay health care? Hey, you guys, go, go to the state. Go to the state. You vote for Obamacare, go get it. Another, another example where us, I can't even say rich, us working people subsidize you. This is why adjuncts have been called the fast food workers of the academic world. Among labor experts, uh, among labor experts, adjuncting is defined as precarious employment. Ooh, labor experts are these are these labor experts adjunct professors in labor economics, and they have to come up. Wow, Bill, you're pretty worthless here. Oh, let's come up with phrases and terms. I know intersectionality, interdisciplinary. <laughs> let's come up with precarious employment. A growing category that includes temping and sharing economy gigs such as driving for Uber. An American Sociological Association task force focusing on precarious academic jobs. An American Sociological Association task force. (laughs) Uh, Focusing on precarious academic jobs, meanwhile, has suggested that faculty employment is no longer a stable middle class career. Well... If you guys have concluded that and you are all critical thinkers, then what is the conclusion? Keeping in mind, in the overall context, you're all going to die. And unlike those stupid nuns over there, you don't believe in an afterlife. And here you guys, you guys got to see this. Adjunct English professor Ellen James Penny, hyphenated name, and her husband live in a car with their two dogs. They have developed a system. Uh, you, gotta, you guys, you can't make it up. You can identify liberals very easily. They're ugly. They're ugly. The men are feminine-looking, the women are masculine-looking, and they're all ugly. And it's just, it's stereo, it's such a beautiful piece. Alistar, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Continuing on. The struggle to stay in housing can take many forms, and a second job is one way adjuncts seek to buoy their finances. You mean like me and all the other real working adults in the world have to do occasionally? No. You guys are so much better than us. You're professors. The professor turned to sex work said it helps her keep her toehold in the rental market. This is something I chose to do, she said, adding that for her it is preferable to say a six-hour shift at a bar after teaching all day. Yeah, it's right. I've never understood prostitution for girls. Like, have sex or work a real job. Dude, is it really that bad? Is it? Is it that hard? Oh, give this guy a blowjob. Or go work over in the coal mines. Guys don't get that option. We don't. Or as uh, John Steele and Chris Beckloff and Ann Sturzinger were all talking about, like, girls can sell their freaking panties online. Girls can do webcamming. You don't, even, you don't even have to see the guy anymore. You don't even have to go to a strip club. It doesn't even have to be seedy. All you have to do is stay in shape. Oh, but that takes work and effort to stay in shape. I forgot. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to come across as, oh, I had no other choice. This is how hard my life is. Advertising online, she makes about $200 an hour for sex. Well, Jesus Christ. I didn't even charge that much for asshole consulting. She sees clients only a handful of times during the semester and more often during the summer when classes end and she receives no income. I'm terrified that a student is going to come walking in, she said. And what? Realize you're not the critical thinker you think you are? Realize everything you said is bullshit? 
saying, holy crap, my professor sucks cock. Maybe I should question what that person said in terms of wisdom and life advice. I remember being, you know, the one Republican, or not even that was libertarian, the one not leftist in, in college. And everyone would pick on me and all. And it wasn't that bad in the 90s. No one called me a Nazi or a fascist. They just, oh, you're Republican. Oh, well. You know, I mean, it was pretty like, well, you just must hate black people. There was that race, racial tinge. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a libertarian because I hate black people. That's that's some real high-level academic work. You must have critical thinking skills. Did you study under adjunct professor Hoare? Adjunct professor chokes on dick. There you go. Bring a little bit of uh, South Park in here. Uh, I'm terrified that a student is going to come walking in, she said, and the financial concerns have not ceased. I constantly have tension in my neck from gritting my teeth all night. Whoops. I wish I had a solution, but you, you, you are an idiot. There's a price for being an idiot. You got $200,000 plus, remember, plus, um, for a worthless liberal arts degree. And now this is the price you pay for being delusional and do- denying the real world. To keep their homes, some adjuncts are forced to compromise on their living space. Caprice Lawless, 65, an English, a teacher of English composition and campaign for better working p- uh, conditions for adjuncts. Let's stop here again. 65, lady, your, your life is over. You got, you got 10 years, maybe 15. And, and again, is this a STEM major? No. She teaches English in an English-speaking world. Does any of that dawn on you people? At any point in your life, when you're an idiot, lazy, 16-year-old hottie who might have actually had the chance to find yourself a husband and secure future uh, uh, financial stability, that maybe I shouldn't a- a major in English in an English-speaking country. Campaigner for better working conditions for adjuncts. How bad are the working conditions? That's the one thing being a professor. That's going to be cake. Here, send this air-conditioned room or this heated room during winter, use this PowerPoint, and then tell little kitties how evil white people are and Marx is great, we just haven't done it right? Even though you're teaching a history class or an art class? Resides in an 1,100-square-foot brick house near Boulder, Colorado. I live in a house that is smaller than that. That is more than adequate. She bought it following a divorce to... Oh, so you were married... But then you weren't happy. She wasn't happy. Till death do us part. Ignore those vows. They don't matter. But because of her $18,000 income from teaching almost full-time is so meeker. <laughs> but let me guess. You guys voted leftist all the time in Boulder, Colorado. So you jacked up your own fucking property taxes. And let me guess, that wipes out a lot of your income. But you can't make because you don't have actual critical thinking skills. But let me guess. You tell your students you teach them critical thinking skills? Ah. Alistar, are you following me on this so far? Have I made any points? Say, wait a minute. Uh, she has remortgaged the property several times. Why did, why did, what, you had to keep the house? Did it dawn on you to sell it? If you can't afford the house, you can't afford the house. You, you've effectively had a reverse mortgage like all baby boomer losers do. 
But you went along and you paid the fees. You refinanced. And has had to rent her home out to three other female housemates. Oh, you mean like I had to do all the time? And currently still do today, not female housemates, but I have used rental income to help subsidize my, my mortgage? Quote, I live paycheck to paycheck and I'm deeply in debt, she said, including from car repairs and hospitalization from food poisoning. Why don't you learn to repair your own cars? Oh, that's right. That's real work and we don't want to put any type of effort. We can't have adjunct professors getting their hands dirty and grease under their fingernails. Oh, I'm still waiting for the engineering professor. Like every other adjunct, she says she opted for the role thinking it would be path to full-time work. What, 20 years ago? I, she's so dependent on her job to maintain her living situation that when her mother died this summer, she didn't take time off in part because she has no bereavement leave. Why don't you work another job? I want, you know what, how much, okay, hang on, hang on, Cappy Capites, lieutenants and agents in the field, hang on. How much you want to bet the reason the majority of these adjunct professors can't take part-time work is because they have to be relatively in the same area, right? You, let's say you teach at Boulder like this middle Little Miss Cuddlemuffins over here. You teach in Boulder and you're a professor, but you say, well, I better get a part-time job. And you only, you don't, you're not qualified to do anything. You have a liberal arts degree, so you're worthless to the labor market. So all you can do is be a barista, be a waiter, a waitress, Uber, all this other stuff. Well, where are you going to go? You have to teach within the area where all your students are. So when your students, so then that's, oh my God, you guys lose face. That's what it is. You guys, they won't say it. They won't say it in here. But they came close with the gal who's like, oh God, I'm afraid I'm going to run into one of my one of my students. How much you want to bet it's their ego and pride. And they cannot face their students the next day if the word gets out that she's slinging coffee at the local Starbucks. <laughs> I bet you that's what it is. Not like not like anyone's stopping you from driving Uber or becoming a, a barista or a bartender. But you guys won't do it because you might run into your students. So you're going to live in poverty for the rest of your life and have this miserable life because of your ego and pride. Oh, is that precious? It's so fucking precious. Oh... She turned up for work at 8 a.m. the next day, taught in a blur, and despite the cane she has used since a hip replacement. I wonder if she actually paid for that hip replacement or if we taxpayers did. Fell over in the parking lot. Oh, did you have a bad day at work? Let me tell you about the 42-hour work shift I did. 42 hours straight. She were to lose her home, her only hope, she says, would be government-subsidized housing. So once again, society has to pay for you. Because you were lazy. You were lazy. Most of my colleagues are unjustifiably ashamed. You should be. You absolutely should be. They take this personally as if they failed. Yeah, have. Oh, wait. And now here, here's the money shot quote. And I'm always telling them, you haven't failed. The system has failed you. No, you lying fucking cunt. You despicable, lying, delusional cunt. You have failed society. You didn't offer anything society wanted. Your ego and pride keeps you from going out and getting real jobs and real work. And you were stupid and made dumb decisions and these are the consequences. And you you are weak and cowardly because you cannot accept that fact. 
I guess if I was 65 and a pathetic fuck like you, I probably tell myself lies to keep myself delusional for the rem- you know it's like giving yourself uh, morphine as you're dying in pain for the rest of the 10 15 years of your life. Yeah, I guess I would lie to myself too. Big is beautiful. Men just don't appreciate a strong, powerful woman. Whatever the lies are, whitey's out to get you. Men with penis, people with penises are oppressing me. Yeah, 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 whatever. Look where it's gotten you. And here, here's what I want for what handful of people who have yet to decide whether they want to be leftists or rightists or libertarians. What kind of life do you want to live, guys? Listen to me, Gen Z kids. Listen to me. Do you want the lives exemplified in this article? Or do you want a life that admittedly it's hard work? It's not fun studying calculus. It's not fun learning C-sharp programming. It's not fun learning how to solder or weld. But in the long run, whose life do you want? These people may look down upon auto mechanics, but this gal, look, she she's suffering from auto repair bills. Well, who's laughing now? How much you want to bet she looked down on auto mechanics? Oh, they're just from Votech. Oh, they're going to tech college. They're not an intellectual like me with my master's in English. And then they got to come groveling and give their money to a mechanic. Yeah, you know what? Your knuckles are going to get busted up every once. So you know what? You're going to get dirty. And you know what? It's somewhat physically demanding work. But in the end, you're making 60, 70 grand a year. And you're not going around asking to live in parasite off of the taxpayer as a mechanic. But as a 65-year-old adjunct professor, teacher lady, who obviously doesn't do math and remortgages her house twice, you do. And imagine her life, her entire life, Imagine the the whore adjunct professor they were talking about before. Imagine the next 30 to 40 years of her life before she's old and dead. What life do you kids want going forward? And who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the one, you know, Professor Chokes on Dick? Are you going to listen to Miss Poverty uh, Refinance Twice 65-year-old English composition teacher? Are you going to listen to people like me and other successful people in the world who are trying to warn you and and making damn sure you don't borrow $200,000 to pay these fucking frauds? This is a great article. Thank you, Alistar. Thank you. Subquote, a subtopic, a precarious situation. Even more desperate are those adjuncts in substandard living spaces who cannot afford to fix them. Mindy Percival, do you see? You see trends, all women, all middle-aged, 61. A lecturer with a doctorate from Columbia. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's guess. Is Mindy Percival, is she going to be our chemical engineering professor? Is she going to be our professor in computer science or computer engineering? Let's find out. Teaches history. Oh, history. Because I can't go down the block to the fucking library and read up. Hell, I don't have to go down to the block to the library. I can go clickety, 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 clack on the internet and download a shit ton of podcasts. The Byzantium History Podcast, the Russian Rulers History Podcast, the Roman History Podcast, the British History Podcast. For free! (laughs) And without all that annoying reading, I just throw on the headphones and listen. This is also this is also a must listen to podcast. Look, I want everybody to do this now before I continue on, or jot this. Down. Please share this. Please share this episode podcast 
with especially younger people and especially girls, young ladies. And I know it's crass and brash and rude, and but I'm being deadly serious. I actually do care. I don't want young girls to live these lives. I don't want young boys to live these lives. I want to help. You guys want to actually help the children? Because all these leftists, all these fucking leftist whores, these lying sacks of hypocritical shits, are going to say, oh, I just care so much about the children, I want to pass on critical... No, they want to live off of you so they have more students. These are vampires. I'm the only guy telling you the truth, as well as people like Dr. Jordan Peterson. Some other people are sounding the bells. We're warning you. Don't become like these idiots. Don't become like these morons. Read. You don't even have to read... I was going to say maybe Return of Kings or something, but, you know, get the book Worthless. Get Bachelor Pad Economics. Talk to your dad if he's still around. Say, Dad, should I major? What is like? Have a direct, blunt conversation about your future and what you're going to go study. Don't let your teachers, kindergarten through college, lead you down the same path where you're in an alley sucking dick because you're not making enough as a professor or you're some part-time social worker or something like that. Don't let this happen to you. Don't listen to the Alistar G's of the world. It's like, oh my God, we have to do something. We need the government. Stop asking or hoping for the government to change reality for you and instead say, what is reality? And work within that that, uh, paradigm. Work within that system. Be realistic. Oh, Aaron, you hate girls. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm such a massagist because I tell women to go major in STEM and engineering and accounting so that they can make just as much as men. I really hate those women. Wonder if the leftists ever realize that the lies they tell to minorities and women just really fuck them over and ruin their lives. They themselves ruin their own damn lives because they believe the, the religion. It's, it's disgusting, just disgusting. Mindy Percival, 61, a lecturer with a doctorate from Columbia, teaches history at State College in Florida, and her li- words, lives in a shack, which is in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Oh, you don't get to live on uh, on the Miami Strip? The mobile home she inhabits, located in the town of Stewart, north of Miami, was donated to her about eight years ago. So you got free lodging. It looks tidy on the outside, but inside there are holes in the floor, and the paneling is peeling off the walls. Well... Percival, well, Mindy, why don't you repair it? Why don't you learn some carpentry? There's this thing called YouTube, and it will show you everything, everything and anything. I have learned to take apart and clean out carburetors. I've become a great motorcycle mechanic just watching YouTube videos. Oh, but that's real work, and you would get your hands dirty. Just just a bunch of worthless, I mean, really, worthless people. Worse than worthless. You're going to die with all these debts? I mean, you could you consume, you are a net economic parasite. You consume more resources. Other people had to work harder just to support you. She has no washing machine, and the oven, shower, and water heater don't work. Well, you can fix that. There's plumbing. I'm on the verge of homelessness, constantly on the verge, she said. Percival once had a tenure-track job but left to care for her elderly mother, not expecting it would be impossible to find a similar position. Now, two weeks after being paid, quote, I might have a can with $5 in change in it. Her 18-year-old car broke down after Hurricane Irma. 
what did I just tell you about YouTube? She's driven to school by a former student paying $20 a day for gas. You obviously don't do math. Uh, can you find a roommate situation near where you teach? Could, ah, never mind. See, I understand, like, we get clients on asshole consulting. Hey, I'm from the inner city and I'm genuinely, genuinely piss poor. My mom's a coke addict. We live in Section 8 housing. How do I get out of poverty? I, okay, dude, I understand. That's hard. But you have no excuse at the age of 61. None. I'm trying to get out so terribly hard. I'm so happy you people are miserable. I'm so happy. For the thousands of kids, each of you have lied to and sent down the path of leftist indoctrinating thought and ruined their lives. So they end up becoming like, I'm so happy. I can't think of something more deserving. Homelessness is a genuine prospect for adjuncts when Ellen Tyra James Penny, hyphenated name, finishes work teaching. Anybody want to guess? Teaching? She'll be teaching English composition and critical thinking at San Jose State University in Silicon Valley. Her husband, Jim, picks her up. They have dinner and drive to a local church. Wait, church? I thought Christians were stupid. Where Jim pitches a tent by the car and sleeps there with one of their rescue dogs. What are you, Davis Arini? Why do you have a dog? You can barely take care of yourselves. In the car, James Penny puts the... They got to hyphenate the name. Puts the car seats down and sleeps with another dog. She grades papers using a headlamp. Over the years, she said, they have developed the system. Keep nothing on the dash, nothing on the floor. You can't... Over the years. Get out of Silicon Valley. Why you guys just go do work at the... You know, the, the, the Fort McMurray oil fields in Canada. Why don't you go work in the housing boom? Why don't you go? Oh, I keep forgetting. That would be real work, and you might get your hands dirty. You'd actually be producing something that the real world wants. And we all know that leftists don't live in the real world. You're just not paid as much as I think I should be. Oh, my goodness. Flowers, puppies, and cake. I love it how these are like, you know, these were your hippies. And if you ever hated the hippies from Vietnam that would, would throw feces and urine on the Vietnam vets as they came back, this is their consequence. This is how they're living their lives now. I love it. I just love it. You can't look like you're homeless. You can't dress like you're homeless. Don't park anywhere too long so cops don't stop you. <laughs> James Penny, 54 has struggled with homelessness since 2007 when she began studying for her bachelor's degree. In what? Jim, 64, used to be a trucker but cannot work owing to a herniated disc. Ellen made 28000 last year, a chunk of which goes to debt repayments. The remainder is not enough to afford Silicon Valley rent. Oh, Captain, have you told them to move out of Silicon Valley? Yes, I have. But you know what? We'd have to charge them $500 for me to tell them to move out of Silicon Valley because we all know unless there is pain or a price to be paid, people do not listen. At night, instead of a toilet, they must use cups or plastic bags and baby wipes. That is so awesome. You have no idea how happy I am, how much I'm smiling, that you leftists get to live like communists. You leftists get to, this is what life would be like if, under communism. Go to, go to Vietnam, not Vietnam, they actually got a little bit of hustle over there. What was that? North Korea. Go to Venezuela. Go to Cuba. This is what you guys wanted. To get clean, they find a restroom, and we have what we call the sink shower. Oh, like I've been doing the entire time on my adventures, James Penny said. 
The couple keep their belongings in the back of the car and a roof container. All the while, they deal with the consequences of aging. Jane Penny has osteoporosis. I don't care. In a space too small to even stand up. James Penny does not. Is this the gal? Yeah, here she is. Here she is. <clears throat> this is the picture. James Penny does not hide her situation from her class. All right, good. At least she's got. At least she's honest. Look, the good. The last thing this woman could do to help society is serve as a warning to her students. Like, hey, don't do what I did. It's like me. Like, I tell kids, don't major in finance. Don't go into banking. Learn from my mistakes. If her students complain about the homeless people who could sometimes be seen on campus, she will say, you're looking at someone who is homeless. Well, lady, that's... Okay, maybe she doesn't say, don't become homeless like me. That generally, generally stops any kind of sound in the room, she says. I tell them, your parents could very well be one paycheck away from illness, away from homelessness, so it is not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, actually it is. Because like you get insurance. You you make sure you get a degree. You find and you hustle and you strive until like, aha, now I have... And you don't just sit there and sell... Why are you in Silicon Valley? I hung on to the dream, subtitle. Many adjuncts are seeking to change their lot by unionizing and have done so at dozens of schools in recent years. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. With online classes? Oh, good luck with that. They're notching success. Some have even say annual pay increases of about 5% to almost 20% going to Julie Schmidt, Executive Director of the American Association of University Professors. Schools are often opposed to such efforts that say unions will result in higher costs for... But I thought the schools were all for the working man. I thought you guys are all goody-goody-buddy-buddy-leftists over there. And for certain adjuncts, any gains will come too late. Mary Faith Sarasol, 56, the homeless adjunct who captured the public... How many people are at homeless? Who captured the public's attention with a protest in New York three years ago, said that in the aftermath, little changed in terms of her living situation. Mary Faith, would you like to know why that is? Because no much, no matter how much protesting you have done, and I don't know if you've noticed this in your 56 years of life, nothing will change reality. Nothing. You can go and protest against people's gender. You could protest against their skin color. You could protest against Trump. You could protest against Bush. It does not change the fact that people want video games, computers, cars, televisions, roads, clothing, food. And none of you liberal arts professors are in that industry of helping that, of producing those things. You could, you could protest, again, it would be just as valid as me protesting in front of the Minnesota State Capitol saying, I demand all hot millennial redheaded girls with big tits give me blowjobs. Because that's not what the market demands. I at least live in reality. Nice as it would be that big titted redheads would give me blowjobs. And we'd pass a law for that. Well, actually, I'd feel kind of bad. I wouldn't want that to happen. But you guys are okay. You're okay. Like, support my parasitic, non-existent career and profession. I want laws passed so I can keep doing what I want to do and not what the world wants me to do. Two generous people, a retiree and then a nurse, offered her temporary accommodation, but she subsequently ended up in a tent pitched at a campground, and after that, a broken sailboard docked in the Hudson River. But there was, however, one shift. Oh, Hudson River, you're in New York? New York is expensive. Do you guys know there's cheaper, cheaper places? Oh, but 
all those evil conservative white people in Wyoming and the, the plain states, you can't. And they're so stupid and uneducated, not like a brilliant critical thinker like you guys, right? <sighs> but there was, however, one shift. All the moving around made it hard for her to make teaching commitments. And in any case, the pay remained terrible, so she gave up. She currently lives in a subsidized room, meaning taxpayer paid for, in a shared health house in a wealthy county north of New York. Why are you living in a wealthy county? How much you want to bet they all got to get their Starbucks? They got to get their $4 cup of coffee. For Rebecca Snow, now take a guess if she's a looker, take a guess if she has long hair, and take a guess if she's in her prime at 25 and could still get a husband. 51, oh, so she's not. Another adjunct who quit teaching after a succession of appalling living situations. There is a sense of having been freed, even though finances continue to be stressful. I wonder if we're going to find out what she studied. She began teaching English composition at a community college in Denver area in 2005, but the poor conditions of homes she could afford meant she had to move every year or two. What's wrong with just renting a room? What is, what is with your taste? Why do you guys all have to be in a house? Is that like the leftist thing? Like, like the poverty line is an 1,100 square foot house? For one person? She left one place because of bed bugs, another one where all sewage flowed into her bathtub and landlord failed to fix properly the pipes. Oh, 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 please. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is great. Guys, this is great. All right. What is the one one thing that we haven't talked about yet? These, these guys make a ton of mistakes. They major in worthless crap. They don't maintain their physique because it's been all women they've talked about. No men have been homeless so far. They got a dog. They get another dog. They live in expensive places, like towns, I mean. Um, they don't take second jobs. What would be the only thing that you can add to this pile of self-inflicted stupid decisions and bullshit? What's the only thing that you can add? Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat my throat here for a second. You guys think about it for a second. I'll give you a hint. Blacks, do it. Hispanics, do it. Trail trash people, white in Wyoming, do it. What do they do? They have a kid they can't afford. Sometimes her teenage son would have to stay with her ex-husband. Oh, divorce again? I Thank God you hate those nuclear families. Thank single motherhood. Rah, rah, you go girlism. You guys actually believed Julia, didn't you? You guys actually believed Julia. Sometimes her teenage son would have to stay with her ex-husband when she couldn't provide a stable home. Snow even published a poem. <coughs> I got a cough. Someone give me free health care. Obamacare. You wrote a poem. What is this, the fucking Patriots family? Oh, the Johnsons down the street lost their car. Let's get a band together and sing a song. What is this? What is this? Robotech Mime comes out and sings a song and you beat the Zentradi? That's super geeky right there. I'll be, I'd be curious if I get any. I know I got some of you guys that I know you guys are like, oh, dude, Clary. Yeah, I'm old school. Old school Robotech. Sometimes, 
sometimes her teenage son, there's like three stupid, you, you had a son you couldn't afford, you have an ex-husband, when she couldn't provide, a, would have to stay with her ex-husband when she couldn't provide a stable home. <laughs> Snow even published a poem about, oh, there's a link to the poem. Oh, God. Oh, God, is this going to be bad? Should I read it? I'm losing my voice. It's an article. Is this the poem? Uh, PTSD from back... You know what? No. If you guys want to read the poem, I just I, it's so painful already, I don't want to read the poem. Well, shoot, you should have gotten a quarter million dollars for that poem from the taxpayers, from the, you know, dowry for the endowment for the arts, right? Because you, you're not paid what you think you should be paid. In the end, she left the profession when the housing and job insecurity became too much and her bills too daunting. Good. What do you do now? Today, she lives in a quiet apartment. Good. You scale down above the garage of a friend's home. Outstanding. Located 15 miles outside of Spokane, Washington. She has a view of a lake and forested hills and with one novel under her belt is working on a second. What do you do for a living? Do you have a job? You're just going to write your book. You're going to write yourself. She has one novel. Okay, you know what? I'm going to look up this novel. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How are you older than me? How? Okay, guys. Now, look. You know I'm all for self-publishing, but I'm looking at at her book on Amazon now. It's called Glass Music, a Novel. Now, without going into a long and boring detail, if you look at, say, a a very popular book, even though it's horrible, let's say The Secret, I think that has 5,000 reviews. Um, That's like a runaway. That's a New York Times bestseller. A really good book would be kind of like, say, Milo or um, Mike Cernovich's books, where I think you're at about like 1,000 reviews. For a good self-published author, where you're making enough that you can live off of it, um... It's kind of books like me, no runaway hits or anything like that, but you're in your 130s to 150. Anything 100 plus reviews is great. Here's her book. And now this was published in 2014. Guess how many reviews? 16. She has 16 reviews. I want to know where the real money's coming from, what real job she's working, or if she's just collecting government checks. And here, Glass Music, the novel. In the serene fjordlands of Norway in the early 20th century, Ingrid has led a successful, or I'm sorry, a blissful childhood until, through no choice of her own, she becomes holder of her family secrets. Her father, a blind preacher who ministers through sacred music played on glassware, increasingly relies on Ingrid to see for him even as it threatens to tear apart his marriage. And after she witnesses an assault against her sister, Ingrid must decide when to speak and when to remain silent, whom to trust and when when to run away. This historical coming-of-age novel explores the... How many pages... How many pages is this? What? How much time did she waste? 226. Oh, God. Again, millennials, Gen Zers, do you want to become this person at the age of 54? I, I still like how, her, how she makes a living and pays for the rent is, is surprisingly... Blaringly absent. 
Teaching was a fantasy, she said, but life on the brink of homelessness was the reality. Okay, there, good. I realize I hung on to the dream for too long. Uh, And that is the end of the article. Um, I wanted to thank Alistar Gee. Thank you very much for writing that article. This was this was very enjoyable. Um, let me get oh, I gotta get the sponsors out. Look, we've been going an hour. That was that was an hour of bliss, Alistar. I want to thank you and the Guardian for putting that out. Um, so let's do our podcast. We'll do it all in one shot. I got some. Oh God, I got work to do. I gotta do fan mail. Um, where did it? Where did it go? Oh, shoot, hang on. I had the script. Uh, uh, let me introduce, we have a new sponsor, businessbuyeradvantage.com. This is a site ran by a guy named David Burnett. Um, he And him and I have been lurking in each other's social spheres. Uh, and I'm going to be interviewing him uh, because it's, uh, well, one, he's a client. And I always put up a YouTube video for clients, or sponsors, rather. And uh, But then also, it's it's kind of interesting. Go to businessbuyeradvantage.com, and what he does is he's he's, it's eerily similar to what I do, except instead of like asshole consulting, what he does is he consults people on buying and selling small businesses and small business management. I know a lot of you guys are entrepreneurs out there um, and uh, or you're aiming to be entrepreneurs. So go check out his site. He's got a lot going on. You know what? Let me just, let me just go there because it's not just businessbuyeradvantage.com. He's got a YouTube channel. <coughs> Excuse me. Businessbuyeradvantage.com. And then he also has a blog, but that's a different website. And my internet isn't working. God damn it. Bet you those idiots cut the line again. Server not found. No, no. It says I have internet access. Does Bing even come up? Bing comes up, right? Business Buyer Advantage. There it is, businessbuyeradvantage.com. Please load. Wow, something's not going on. Something is not going on. Anyway, all right, David Barnett. Go businessbuyeradvantage.com um, or just search him, David Barnett. He's got YouTube channels on all things small businessy, starting buying, managing. Uh, he has books. He also has courses. Uh, and he has a blog. And he does put together regular, consistent material. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Not old. He's about my age, maybe a little bit older. But not some flying the pin. Yo, man, hey, we're going to flip this house. Hey, it's California cow with my hat on sideways with the flat brim. Oh, look, I look like Eggsy from the fucking Kingsman. Hey, but oh, man, come on in here. Yo, yo, yo. No, he's not that type of guy. Uh, experienced, older, and legitimate and sincere. And we check out his site. Um... If anything, just to, I'm, I'm going to kind of binge on his YouTube videos, but we're going to be doing a, an interview so he can tell you exactly down the road what his, what his company does, uh, what services he offers that you might be at, courses, books, <coughs> seminar stuff like that. Praxi, uh, download the Praxi app if you need to contact me for emergency asshole consulting services. You can find that on the Google Play Store or the iTunes or iPhone Store. Allows you to contact me directly over your phone. In case you got to talk to me. It's basically a 1-900 number. I bill out at $2 a minute. There's a $25 connection charge. Make damn sure you got your question lined up so we don't charge you more than's necessary. Because I have people, oh, him, ha, ha, him. And I don't like bang the phone against your cheek because then you'll hang up. And then you got to call again. Then there's another connection charge. And then I got to refund you that. It's a pain in the ass. 
So uh, put on your earphones and talk to me <coughs> that way. Um, got the Amazon affiliate program. Remember, Google's pretty much demonetized everything for everybody, not just me, but for everybody. If there's the word ass in any one of your videos, uh, it's demonetized. Also, I got a strike for a truly innocuous video on euthanasia. And there was really nothing political. I know the topic of terminal illness and, and euthanasia and death is not a happy one, but they actually gave me a strike against it, which calls into the entire question, okay, what else are you going to give me a strike on? Because like, I would have thought you would have given me a strike on this, but you're going to give me a strike on that. So since it's unknown, remember, always go to vidme, vid.me, look up Asshole Consulting, you'll find me there. And I'm going to be putting all my original videos on vidme, henceforth. So all the Asshole Consulting videos will go on YouTube. Uh, if that all of a sudden, like, gets a bunch of strikes on it, I'll, you know, have the backup for VidMe. It's just a pain in the ass. It's like this increasingly nagging... You know what YouTube is like? Do you know what YouTube... YouTube is like this foreign girl. She's like this foreign girl from Asia or one of the Latin countries or something. And she came over and she's all nice and the way she should be in traditional. You can talk and say whatever you want and I'll support you and... And then slowly but surely she's got more Americanized until she's become this insufferable nagging nag. <laughs> Did you go out with your friend Bob? Did you say this? See, it was fine. I'm cutting off the sex. Just becoming increasingly tyrannical and petty. And you're just kind of like looking now. You're starting to eye other like, well, Vidme looks pretty hot right now. Daily Motion doesn't, doesn't nag or yap all this much. So uh, keep an eye out over at uh, at VidMe uh, and just go there now because that's and I'm trying to throw up at least one video a, a week and try and do uh, originals. I just haven't had time with asshole consulting or driving around. So there's that. Um, anyway, so Amazon affiliate program. If you go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, do all your online shopping there. That's another way you can support the old captain. Because YouTube, I don't make any money on YouTube anymore. I make some paltry amount. It was I was making good money for a while there. but Oh, well. Um, <coughs> then we have my books. If you haven't bought them, consider buying them. We have Reconnaissance Man. Uh, that's for you kids. If, if you don't know what to do in college or you adults you don't want to do in life, how about before you just randomly go down some path, you sit down, contemplate, and organize, put together a plan A, and that's what Reconnaissance Man does. It helps you guide and figure out. It's a it's a methodology, uh, a process by which you can figure out what you should do in life. Uh, there's a black man's got out of poverty because I am racist and I do not want to help out my fellow black man. Uh, actually, I do, and because a lot of my clients, as you know, oh, happen to be of a minority persuasion, I decided to put this together to help out any young black youth out there or black men in general. Is that written for black women? Because frankly, you girls aren't going to listen. Um, you're too addicted to government checks and you have made your choice. You would rather be wedded to a government check than an upstanding young black man. So uh, this is uh, kind of a, a how-to guide for any young black men out there who are facing poverty. And you, I mean, the subtitle really is it. The subtitle is for black men who demand better. That's simply it. If you're sick and tired of poverty, you're sick and tired of crappy neighborhoods or poor employment, but get this book. So you don't, so you don't end up like one of these Professors we were talking about, uh, unemployed, living in a car, 
I mean, you get this book, I guarantee you you're going to be making more than your average professor, which isn't saying much, but you'll, you'll definitely not be in, poor, or in poverty. Worthless, the young, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. That is for all you kids out there who are kind of iffy about your college degree or you don't know what to major in or you happen to have kids or a loved one that's younger that's about to go to college or is in college and you don't like their choice of degree. This is a nice, polite way to show your love and care for them. I know it takes balls. It takes courage. It takes a spine to constructively criticize people. Um, and since that art has gone away with the World War II generation, here's a way that you can do it politely. And and I can play the bad cop. Oh, my God, this is a mean author. He's got some points, but he's really mean. And so I'm bad cop. You're good cop. We can play it that way. I don't care. Enjoy the decline, accepting and living with the death of the United States. Curse of the high IQ. That's for anybody listening, because if you're listening to this show, you are smarter than the average person. And I guarantee you, you have endured... Um, problems that are related to your intelligence one of them being that you maybe are very intelligent and you just don't know it yet and meanwhile you get lousy grades in school and you think you're dumb when you're not please get this book please get this book if you're a nerd you've oh you have adhd you have the asper no no maybe you just have a high iq so get that book um and all those are available paperback kindle and audio and then i have my best of books uh, it's the best of my my blog, I have two of them, Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are available online, and that way you don't have to read through my blog and go through all the crappy posts. You can just get the really good ones there. We have other people's books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. You can find that by going to his site, Pushing Rubber Downhill, where he also has a blog and a podcast. Um, Him and Cynical Libertarian kindly subbed for me on the last podcast. Because I was tired. I just... I was like, no, I don't want to. I had to do this podcast. I, there was no way I was going to let that article go. No way. That had too much meat in it. Too much meat to devour and enjoy. Uh, then we also have Carrie Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting. If you two would like to become a podcaster, go to financialsurvivalnetwork.com and you can find Carrie Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting. That's also available... Um, on Amazon.com. Uh, Rollo Tomasi, therationalmail.com. That's his blog, but he also has his new book out called Positive Masculinity. Uh, if you're a young man, or just have, I wouldn't even say young. If you just happen to be a man, like from baby boomer and younger, the amount of lies and propaganda you've received about, oh, patriarchy, oh, misogyny, all, all this other, all these crimes and sins you've committed that you never did, uh, please get that book uh, because I'm, I'm sick and tired of this male bad, female good, you know, sugar and spice and everything nice. No, no, it's it. Uh, men do some pretty good stuff, and it's good to be male. So get that book, Positive Masculinity. Our uh, good friend Marcus Brown from Chicago, his book, another book, niggas ain't gone read, not niggers, niggas ain't gone read. Uh, you can find that on Amazon.com. Akin to The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, but this is actually written by a black man and his observations and recommendations and advice and wisdom passed on to other young black gentlemen to improve that. Women, too. He, he didn't specifically designate it towards men. Uh, it is just towards the black community in general. Younger audience, though. Uh, and Mark is smooth. He's, he's always got girls. He's always, he, he was telling me, oh, man, I got a problem. I'm not joking. I'm not making this up. 
oh, I got some problems. I'm like, what what problems you guys? Like, oh, girls keep showing up at my place. I'm like, what? Say that again? What? Girls keep showing up at my place? He's like, yeah. And then you can tie, kind of tell because then, like, you got that smirk. I say, like, oh, wait, shit, this really isn't a problem. <laughs> Not like, oh, I, I have I have cancer or my mom died or, or uh, uh, you know, so I'm about to file for bankruptcy. You start to realize this. This ain't even a first world problem. This is like a zero world problem. I said, what, what do you mean you got girls showing up at your place? He's like, well, these girls are showing up at my place. They want to hang out with me. I'm like, are these young girls? He's like, yeah. I said, are they pretty girls? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, and this is a problem. Why? Like, oh, well, they all like want to, you know, they all want to date me. But then my mom gets upset. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you poor boy. You you poor. Oh, Marcus. So that's. That's horrible, man. That's just, I don't know what to say. Are, are you getting therapy? Do you have post-traumatic stress syndrome with all these hot young girls showing up at your place? Anyway, and yes, this is the guy who fell asleep watching Die Hard. Same guy. Uh, he wrote this book. And help the poor man out. I mean, my God. He's got young, good-looking girls showing up at his place. He needs all the help we can get, so throw the brother a couple bucks and buy his book. <laughs> little, little, little shit. <laughs> now, speaking of a guy who <clears throat> does not have women showing up at his place because he's married and I think his wife would be very upset, we have Glorious Carl. Glorious Carl has a new book out called Trade the Ratio. This is a book for those of you who either are, have never invested in precious metals, you don't know if you should be getting into it, or for those of you who buy precious metals, uh, but you use them primarily as more of an insurance. Like, okay, I've bought my, my I say you recommend uh, uh, 200 ounces <coughs> for each individual of silver. But what he did is he came up with this strategy that he retroactively applied, and it shows you how to actually make money. Because when you buy precious metals, that's an insurance policy. They don't, like, poop out little other precious metals. He found a way between trading between gold and silver to actually make money on precious metals. So for those of you who've never invested in precious metals before, you want kind of an introductory book as to the why you should invest in precious metals. It goes through the economic rationale and reasons in the first chapter or two. Uh, but if you already know that you want to invest in precious metals and you'd like to kind of maybe up your game a little bit and try trading it, uh, you can skip the first two chapters because you already know the, the reasons for precious metals. Uh, but he, he goes through a technique, a, a method. So it's trade the ratio, that book and all the other ones, obviously, you could find on Amazon.com. We got my latest book out, Poor Richard's Retirement. Uh, pretty much every adjunct professor out there in the United States could use this book. It teaches you how to retire on the cheap, and it shows you that you don't need that much to retire. You only need about $175,000 a year to retire. Uh, not a year. Well, <laughs> you'd, you'd be retired. Sorry, $175,000, period. That's what your nest egg needs to be. Admittedly, it's not going to be a luxurious retirement living in New York or Silicon Valley like all these adjunct professors do. But if you're worried about retirement, if you don't have enough save for retirement, if you haven't even started saving for retirement, get this book. I made it for you guys. Um, you know, because we're all minimalists. We're not all of us, but we'd like to be. And it's like, oh, I don't know about this. If I'm living minimally, this is the book. It's the minimalist retirement, paperback Kindle audio. Then we have asshole consulting. If you need specific individual advice, because not everybody's situation is solved by a book. There's some unique problems. If you need the inside of an elderly brother, America's older brother, the Dark Knight of Advice columns, the IKEA of consultants, the world's only professional asshole, 
go to my consultancy, assholeconsulting.com. All right, follow the instructions, send me your questions. It is a fee service, I do, not free, it is a fee. You have to pay me. Fuck you, pay me. Um, so you can go to assholeconsulting.com. And then for those of you that are tuning in and you are genuine losers, losers check out the life improvement plan. This life improvement plan costs at most $10,000, but if you improve your life, it only costs five. And how it works is you come up with five things you'd like to change in your life. And for each of those five things, you give me $2,000. Or it could be three. You just give me $2,000. For whatever goal, you give me $2,000. And if you solve that goal, meet that goal, uh, uh, satisfy that goal, I give you 1000 back. So it's a bet against yourself. And so let's say you don't have a job, you don't have a driver's license, you're fat, and you aren't in school. Okay, that's eight bets right there. You give me $8,000, $2,000 for each of the four goals. And if you get a job, get your driver's license, <coughs> and get yourself in school, I give you 4000 back. And think about this. Right now, you guys all rolling your eyes. Okay, think about this. You went from a neat, no job, employment, education, or training, not in job, employment, you went from a true loser to someone who's not a loser anymore. And I guarantee you, talking to a therapist for 20 years where you run around and beat around the bush, those my parents, you know, went back and you know, I have feelings and emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the ADA, Asperger's, autism, you know, woe is me. And when that never gets solved after 20 years and a hell of a lot more than $4,000, you think what's going to be more practical and efficient and turn around your life? That's the life improvement plan at Asshole Consulting. When you're serious, contact me. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, it's $50 a month. I, that's how I got this other guy. He's like, hey, I want to buy some advertising. I'm like, cool. So I lowered the price. $50 a month. Let me know. That also gets you on the blog and a YouTube channel video. Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. If you're looking for an accountant, contact our good buddy Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. Conservative brew. Um, are you sick and tired of giving money to leftist uh, coffee shops because, well, frankly, they have the best coffee? Well, not anymore. Conservative Brew, they got some pretty darn good coffee. Um, they're better, slightly better, than Black Rifle Coffee. I know that's the big favorite, but um, in terms of coffee, I like Conservative Brew more uh, than Black Rifle. I just wasn't impressed. I was just kind of like, eh, it's all right. It's not as good, I won't lie to you. It isn't good as leftist coffee. Leftists do some things better than rightists. They're better lawyers. They're better coffee people, and they're better, um, uh, what was the other thing? It was a good one, too. They're better tech. I think they're better tech. Not to say there aren't conservative or non-leftist tech people, but they just, they're better at tech. They are. Um, I think, I don't think that is what makes them liberal or their leftism has anything to do with their politics. I think it's because they all went to college and school and they all work in California. I think it's their environment that makes them leftist. But there's no denying that the majority of lawyers, People in the coffee industry, good coffee brewers or whatever the profession is called, and IT people, they're leftists. But if you don't want to give your money to leftists, and I understand, but you still want good coffee, conservativebrew.com. That's where I go to get my coffee. I recommend you do the same. The League of Extraordinary Podcasters. I got to add, make sure I got everybody in here. Okay. 405media.com. When you're done listening to me and you want to listen to something else, go to 405media.com where John Grant has a podcast Station. It's a bunch of different podcasters. Regular schedule, you could tune into them. Obsidian Radio, our good black gentleman friend from Philadelphia. Uh, tune in to him on YouTube. Just look up Obsidian Radio. 
Financial Survival Network, our good friend Carrie Lutz. Uncle Carrie, as I like to call him. Uncle Carrie down in Florida. And Uncle Silvio. Canto Talk. Silvio Canto. C-A-N-T-O. He's on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, he's down in Texas. And he also has a book out called Cubanos in Wisconsin. It's a story because he, he escaped Cuba when he was 10. And it's an interesting story how he went from that to living in Wisconsin and becoming a Green Bay Packers fan. So that's an interesting book, and uh, you want to tune in to his podcast too because it's interesting. O'Shea Jackson, good old O'Shea. I don't know if he took if he took down his YouTube. That was the problem with this uh, trip. Normally I binge on podcasts, um, but I couldn't while riding my bike. I can't hear it in my head, my headphones, in my helmet. But I usually binge on O'Shea when I drive across the country. Tom Lycus at BlowMeUpTom.com, St. Lycus, all of you young boys out there, and girls, girls, if you don't want to end up like the women we highlighted in the previous segment, please do tune in to BlowMeUpTom.com. Cynical Libertarian Society, uh, that's the great one himself. Um, you can tune in at SinLibSoch.com. Jim Fear, 138.blogspot.com. I did not know Jim Fear had a podcast. I thought he just had his voice recording pro, uh, studio. But he's got a blog, and he's got podcasts. He's got damn well near 70 episodes up. I'm like, okay, well, that took some work. Then we have Michael Kingswood podcast. He just came out with one recently. Uh, it's podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS. That's the RSS feed. Uh, if you like science fiction um, and fantasy, written by a, a naval officer, an experienced author. He's written many more books than I have. Uh, we have Academic Composition. Uh, academiccomposition.com. Go there if you don't want to write your papers. Like, hey, you know what? Hey, for all you liberal arts professors, you know, adjunct professors who can't find jobs, why don't you go to Academic Composition? Alex will hire you. You can write leftist bullshit Marxist slop as just as good as anyone else. And then you'd make $10 a, a page. I think it's $10 a page of what he pays. You'd make more money than an adjunct. <laughs> Anyway, but if you happen to be able to write real good, <clears throat> go to academiccomposition.com and go write for Alex. If you don't want to write your papers because you're an engineer or you're something that has nothing to do with intersectionality between race and feminism, and you don't want to write some bullshit paper about how you should cut off your penis, uh, go to academiccomposition.com and pay somebody else to write why you should cut off your penis and you should burn it because penis is evil. And then also they do resumes for $100. If you're not going to put together a resume or just not having any luck, consider tossing them 100 bucks to do resume. They have a resume service. And then finally, um, he's also hiring. He hires writers, but he also hires marketers. Boring jobs. Both are boring. But you just post stuff up on Craigslist and you just do ads. That's all it is. It's pushing it out on the internet, both of which can be done from a laptop. So you don't have to be in cold Minnesota. You could be on a beach down in California or wherever. Um, but oh, the irony, I, I wonder how many professors nowadays write students' papers that have to do that on the side, very hush-hush like. Look, there you go, adjunct professors. You go through academic composition and you just write anonymously. You're fine. And you're not like saving it. You're not like doing anything immoral because you're not teaching anything worthwhile. It's all bullshit. It's all hurdles. All right, I already talked about Jim Fear, 138. Oh, and then the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. The reason, see, now, now, Adam Piggott was like, oh, I'm not on, I gave them, they subbed for me last week, and I gave them the sponsor list. He's like, how come I'm not on the, I'm not on the sponsor list? I'm like, well, you're, you're mentioned in the book list, and then that's where I mention he also has a website and a podcast. But I will mention 
Adam Pigott specifically, especially just right now, tune in to Pushing Rubber Downhill. Go to PushingRubberDownhill.com. The GF tuned in when those two Hanyakers subbed for me. The GF tuned in. She's like, oh, he's got a nice voice. I'm like, yes, he's Australian, of course. He, he could have the crappiest Australian voice ever. And all Australian women would throw up upon hearing just one note of his voice. But to America, oh, my God, British accent. Oh, my God, Australian. I have the VTs. It's just like, what is wrong with my half northern Minnesotan, don't you know, East Coast, Chicago, angry, pissed off, short guy voice. Oh, he's got a nice voice. I'm like, yes, yes, dear. He's, he's Australian. Yes. Um, my classes, the analysis, evaluation of stocks and stocks, bonds, investing. Oh, my search. Both of those classes online. If you'd like to learn the basics about investing or an advanced class on the analysis, evaluation of stocks. God, and that's it. All right, now, finally on to some fan mail, assuming my internet works. Okay, internet's working. This is from Jonathan down in uh, New Zealand. Your blog is on point, reading through it, and so good to see someone not brainwashed with the masses, seeing it for what it is, saying it how it is. I'm from New Zealand. We have brainwashed masses and isolation behind the times, so it's bad no matter where you are. Keep it up. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Good to hear from New Zealand. What else? Uh, this is from Brian. Hey, Aaron, this is Brian from Loser to Winner. And I just wanted to tell you that Curse of the High IQ was terrific. I read it all in one sitting. I've been thinking a lot of similar thoughts on how difficult it is when everyone else is so stupid. Crazy world we live in. Best Brian. I have to check out Loser to Winner. Um, well, let's check that out now. What the hell? I'm always looking to advertise. <coughs> Loser to winner, the top community for guys who want more out of life. You know what? I'm going to copy that and put that on the to-do list. If you're listening, uh, what was it, David? No. Brian. Brian, if you're listening, give me, shoot me an email. I'll contact you. I'm going to put you on the, the to-do list here. Okay, let me close out of this. Get my freaking shit together. Where's my to-do list? To-do. Paste, save, close. All right. So, uh, yes, thank you. I'm glad that you liked it. And, um, yeah, that one took off in sales, but then uh, it then just petered out. Nothing nothing really happened after that. I was kind of like, oh, all right, let's keep going. Thanks for what you do from Illinois. This is from Ryan. Hey, Aaron, no, no request from my side. I just wanted to send you a brief message to say thanks. I'm roughly the same age as you and have come to a lot of the same conclusions you have Concerning life, jobs, love, corporate America, many other things. I was always told I was pessimistic. No, you were just right. But it turns out I was just a realist that figured out things before the rest of the herd. Whenever I need to be reminded that there are others out there like you, like me, your channel is the one I of the first I watch on YouTube. It really does bring me solace when things get rough. Keep up the good work, man. I can tell you that your energy is both a blessing and a curse. Glad to see that you channel it into something productive like your videos and podcasts. Thanks again. Ryan. Yeah, no, it, it is a it is a curse. You know, oh, I forgot. I, should, I didn't print these off. Let's print that off. We'll print this off. Yeah, tell me about it. It's, it's, um, I'm starting to wonder, had a theory, 
if humans are a lot like batteries. And not to sound too arrogant or cocky, but I have this huge battery capacity for energy. And I have, to, like any battery, you have to completely tap it out. You have to complete have it be discharged and then completely recharge it. Much like sleep. That's why I'm thinking like, eh, I think, you know, it started teaching me a little bit about novelty. You can have too much of one thing, they have to go without it. Too much of one thing, they have to go without it. And uh, yeah, that energy... You got to you got to expend it. Climb mountains, ride ride motor. I just have to. Otherwise, if I sit, I sat for four months during all of summer, and that was not good. I, I wouldn't say I got to a dark place, but it wasn't. I wasn't happy go lucky. But sure enough, like twenty minutes into my motorcycle ride out west, I was just like, all right, yeah. I think it's two weeks. Two weeks is the amplitude or cycle. What is it? Electrical engineers, you guys know what a, what a battery charges at, whatever that's called. Um. I think two weeks on, two weeks off. That's about it. I bet you. I'd be also curious um, about the Bakken oil field workers. I'd be very curious to see if it's something similar. Like, yeah, you, after a while, you just have to go home. You can only do that for for so much. I know it was what six weeks on, two weeks off. Oh man, I don't know how you do six weeks. I was having fun for a month. I don't know how you do boring work for six weeks. This one is from Andrew. Andrew writes, Hey, your book, Curse of the High IQ, has kind of fucked me up. It's like a light bulb that lit up a room. I can suddenly understand so much more of my life. I had a proctored IQ test about 15 years ago when I was 22. I'm 36 now. That put me on IQ 161. Holy crap, you're off the charts, dude. I really didn't understand what that meant at the time, but it's making more sense now. Yeah, that was that was like, see, me and my buddies, we all took IQ tests online. Queen numbers a long time ago. And like, oh yeah, we're pretty smart. We never, and even though we knew about Bell distribution and Z-score tables and all that, it doesn't, it doesn't, no one's there to like shine the light or do a PowerPoint explain. This is how it affects you. It wasn't until I like actually started going through like, oh, everything has always come easily to me. I can master things in a day that take people months or years. I breezed through school without much effort. I've breathed through most of life like that. Now I've accomplished pretty much everything I've always wanted. I'm left trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Starting new things for novelty is fun for a while, but doesn't really lead anywhere. I took up knife making this year as a hobby, ended up connecting with some cool people through it, and now I'm making knives for an entire Navy SEAL team? Holy shit! Dude, do we not meet the most coolest people out here in this world? This is a great life. This is a great profession I got. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm just good at it. <clears throat> I want a challenge, but nothing seems to be a challenge. I've tried the full-on hedonism route, and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll bang. The, it's cool. It's fun, especially when you're younger, but as you get older. You're 36 now, and it's like, oh, another girl? <laughs> I got a what? Going on, remember when you were excited on going on dates? Now the prospect. I got to talk. Yeah, no. I, I got to pick her up. Then I got to listen to her talk. I gotta act like I'm interested. No, uh, I'm too positive to be nihilistic. I'm too extroverted to turn into a monk. Nobody should feel sorry for me. I've had a, I have a hot and laid-back wife, lots of passive income, nothing but time on my hands, and the freedom to do almost anything I want. I'm healthy, have zero stress, blah blah blah. My life is awesome, but it's empty at the same time. My friends are all breeders and/or too pussy whipped to have a life away from their wives. 
I am mostly retired, 36-year-old without kids. Needless to say, my friendships are fading quickly, as it sounds like many people's do. Yep, that's that's the world, dude. That's what happens. It's not to the point I'd write an entire book on it because I haven't thoroughly flushed it out. And I don't think there's enough for a book. Maybe an essay. Um, and there's other books that I want. But no, there's something there. There's definitely something there. It's like, uh, I don't know, space exploration. The technology isn't good enough that we can get a visual fix on something where the light's too far away. So we go, ah, there's something out there. See how that light is bending? Yeah, there's something there. There's gravity there. There is something there, but I don't know what it is. So thus far, all we get to suffer and endure is the symptoms and consequences. And not that we could change it, but ideally you get to understanding, then that leads to serenity and peace. Um, but that's it. All right, love it. Needs to say, my friend. Uh, so that's why I'm writing you. I live in the western burbs of the Twin Cities. We should get together somewhere and drink scotch and talk. Flow. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. Okay, I gotta, I gotta contact Andrew. Let me contact Andrew. I'm gonna copy the email, pull up my to-do list again. <coughs> no, that's not the to-do list. It's the podcast list. Let's paste it there. Yeah, and this was, how old is this article? This is from April. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Andrew. It's been a while. I'll print that off so that when I'm in my nursing home, I can look at this and say, oh, yeah, I did have an effect on people. Unlike every teacher ever, I actually did change lives for the better. Did I really go back that far? No, that's not... I got a lot of... I got to clean up my email. Nope. 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 And nope. All right. That is one set of email. I think we got two more to go. It's not that I want to read a ton of fan mail. I just got to get through it. So I like to be thorough. I like to be complete. Dear Mr. Clary, I'm an 18-year-old male who's about to start school at Northwestern University, I will be getting a degree in biology. My well-off parents are paying for it. What you major in doesn't matter as long as you're learning. I'm extremely liberal, borderline communist, would like, would have wrote in Bernie Sanders had I been old enough to vote in the election. I've been flip-flopping between whether I should try and prepare for medical school and college or just see where my degree takes me. Psych. This was me before my brother introduced me to your channel and kicked my ass in debate after debate on economics. I've been watching your, well, it's cute. I know, little, little boys and little girls think communism is great. I've been watching your videos and listening to your podcast for over two years now, and I have read most of your books. I'm majoring in statistics, spent a summer learning SQL, and I'm aiming to become an actuary because of you. Awesome! Not only did we deny the leftists a communist, we denied a bunch of liberal arts professors another sucker, and your life ain't going to suck. I will be spending my time taking actuarial exams in college and making the most of the amazing opportunities my parents have given to me. I'm now a very economically conservative libertarian who supported Trump and have been reading nonfiction, including your books, incessantly. Want to write you this email to outline the impact you have had on your audience? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch to say you prevented me from ruining my life. Oh, that, that, no, there's no doubt about it. That was you beforehand. No. Keep up the great work. If you're ever near Evanston or Chicago, Illinois, hit me up. I owe you a coffee. All right, well, thank you. Uh, let us print that off. Oh, wait, I can't print it off here. i got to print it off there. Hang on. 
And thank God. Okay, that was it for <coughs> fan mail. So I have one, two, three. Should I fold them again to remind the people that claim I do nothing on the internet to help? This is three. Look, we're going to fold it once. I fold it twice. Now I fold it three times to make that into eighths. I think, yeah, half, quarter, eighths. Yep. Here comes another. We're going to fold this again. It all goes in the memento box. Because when I'm old and dying in the nursing home, I want to be able to read and say, oh, yes, unlike teachers and like my detractors on the Internet who say asshole consulting does, does nothing because they're just jealous and they didn't come up with the idea themselves first. And perhaps they're not as good as me. That's the other. I think that's really what it is. And there's the third one folded into precise eighths. And that goes into the momentum box. I think the detractors who really don't like me that much. I think they have memento envelopes because I think once every three years they might get some fan mail that tells them that they help. Me, I, I need a box, a big box. It's just so much, just so much. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all we got for the Clary podcast. The old captain is going to sleep. Um, oh, damn, I've been, I have not hit the gym in forever. I, I bruised my ribs riding my bike, fell off the bike out in the middle of nowhere near Moab in Colorado, and they're, they're healing up, but I can't hit the gym. And then um, I got a cold on the way out. Felt good yesterday to the point, ah, let's, let's go for a walk. It's nice. It's nice and cool. Ah, let's run. So I ran three miles. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to walk back. And then that night, I, I think I pushed myself back into relapse. This sucks. This sucks. It sucks getting old like Adam Piggott. You know, he's all Mr. In Shape, and he's older than me. <laughs> Remember when you were 22, you could you could get cracked or bruised ribs. You'd still play. You'd, you know, you'd still go. And now it's just like, God almighty, what do you want to do? 9 p.m., what I want? I want to go to sleep. I look forward to sleep now. I don't care to go out or party or anything like that. I just... If I had friends that would go out and do things, maybe I would go out a little bit more, but... Yeah. All right, that's enough. We'll see you guys later. Toodles.